powered by Riverside. Welcome to episode 19 of the Think Tank Podcast. I am your host, Randy Hayes. I am so excited about the guests that we have with us today. You know, we went through a whole series talking about the hustle, and and believe me, man, this, 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 this man right here could definitely talk about the hustle, but one of the things that I wanted to do with these next couple episodes is deal a little bit more with our faith, because our faith is also foundational as we we continue to build and learn to be great in this world. And um, I can't think of many people better than this this brother right here to talk about it. Um, it's been a long time coming. It's good to see him face to face. And, you know, we, yeah. we, we're going to have to link up sooner or later. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce the pastor of Grope Church, Tim Cruz. How you doing today, brother? Randy, man, I am incredible, man. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Bro, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, what it is that you do, um, I guess all of your vocations, and um, yeah. you know, what you're up to today, man. You got it, man. But before I enter into that, I, I want to say, man, first, thank you for the invitation to be on uh, Think Tank Podcast. I love what you're doing. I love the content that you're putting out there. And um, since I met you uh, at the Christian bookstore, mm -hmm. probably seven, eight years ago, yes. I respected you as a, as a human, as a man. So, again, man, thanks to be here. I don't take it lightly. So, thank Much you. love, brother. I appreciate it. So, a little bit about me. So, I am, I am born and raised in a little city near Lynchburg, Virginia, that's called um, Hurt, Virginia. Okay. Uh, grew up there, mother and father. I have six siblings. Uh, I went to undergrad at Radford University. I went to graduate school for seminary at Liberty University. Then um, I moved from, when I finished undergrad and grad school, I moved and got my very first job in Fairfax County uh, in the leasing industry. I worked for uh, an apartment complex right by the Fair Oaks Mall. And uh, that's kind of how I began my, my life, man. I went from that to property management. And about 13 years ago, um, God put in my heart to literally, well, I had the idea, God okayed me I to you. do it. I, yeah. had the, the, I had the desire to, to quit being a property manager and to go into um, a career in real estate sales. And so this is my 13th year of me selling real estate and uh, I do it full time. And this is how I feed my family, how we eat. And uh, I do that. And uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome, man. Actually, you know, um, you know, our last guest very well, Kel Kel Kelvin yeah. Lloyd. Matter of fact, yeah. you know, uh, it, it just happened so organically. You know, we just, you know, we're talking. And uh, when he mentioned you, I was like, man, I, I got to have this brother on the show. So. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the show, man. Um, how was it uh, doing the property management? How does that kind of fit in with, you know, the, the real estate aspect? Man, it was interesting. You know, it gave me my, I guess, my foundation for my career in real estate. And uh, it wasn't that great. I didn't like it that much. And so that's why I quit it. And um, 
Yeah, so it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't incredible. <laughs> I just did it to kind of yeah. make it. And, um, and yeah, so. And I, I, still, I still sell real estate today as I'm pastoring our church. Um, I always joke and say that the Apostle mm-hmm. Paul was a tent maker and that Tim yes. was a realtor. And so that's how, I, that's Absolutely. how we do it. Man. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you, you're doing great things in the real estate. Um, so, so shout out for that as well, man. Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, what made you become a pastor? I know you mentioned that, you know, you had this idea and that, that God okayed it, man. Uh, can, can you just expound on that? You know, what made you uh, pastor your own church? So, um, I was on staff, right? I was, let me go back for a second. So, when I went to undergrad at Radford University, I left that school with habits I had picked up in, in school, right? So I went to college. I'm a PK. I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. Yep. I grew up in church my whole life. Um, I, I'm a Bible boy. I don't have some yep. some hardcore okay. like okay. background. I just don't, right? Uh, but the thing that kind of messed me up was that when I, uh, I went to college, I began mm-hmm. to dabble in alcohol. And so here I am. I left college, and I still had the the alcoholic mm-hmm. tendencies that you have in college, and it followed me to my first career in, in Fairfax. So here I am. I'm I'm a year and a half, two years out of college, and I'm still acting like a yeah. college kid. Long story short, um, I was I would say alcoholic, man. I, I was you know when you first finish school, yeah, you're yes, broke, right, you right, have right, any money. So I, I remember many nights, man, I had a small 430 Ooh. square foot Ooh. studio apartment in Manassas. That's where I lived at. Ooh. And yeah, it was teeny, out, out, teeny. And um, I I remember many nights, man, where I was scraping through quarters and coins and nickels, trying to find, I think, 270 or 370 to go up to the 7-Eleven mm. and to buy me a 40. You're not talking about those, you're not talking about and, those still uh, reserved, man. And, that sounds like the cost of steel reserve down to the cent right there, man. That two eleven. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. It was tough, man. And so, long story short, it was January first of oh eight mm. where I said, "Man, I've had enough." Because uh, the whole time, like you can feel when God wants you, you can feel when God is calling you, and I felt that conviction. I said, "I got to get myself together, get it back together, man." So. I went to church January 1st. Long story short, man, over the course of that year, you know, I just was going to church. By the way, I would go to church some Sunday morning, still hungover. Mm-hmm. I would go to church some Sunday mornings, like on the way to church, pulling over, Sheesh. throwing up. You got, you got me beat there, man. You, you like, got me beat I think there. People can I, I haven't done that one before. You got me beat there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's, it was just this pulling. And when God is calling you and pulling you, you're going to it no matter how you are. That's why yes, I sir. love it. I know we, we just get started in the conversation, but I love it because I don't care who you are. If you're alcoholic, you're druggy, you are messed up, you are a failure, um, you've been abused in life, you, you are broke, you have no money. It does not care. If God wants you, he is calling you. And so I'm proof of that, man. And so, and so um, January 1st, I went to church. It was June mm. 22nd of 08 where I walked down to the altar in this church that I was attending in Woodbridge. I walked to the altar and I literally told God, God, I, I want to be free from alcoholism, but I don't know how to do it. 
and I was there, I was sobbing, I was crying, and my heart was pure, man. Like, I, I wanted to be free from it. And so, kid you not, it was June 22nd, 08, the last time. I haven't drank anything since that Sunday. I went to the altar, and the presence of God met me at the altar, and he delivered me at that altar, and I've been That's free awesome. from that ever Praise since. God, man. You know, um, you know, I've heard some stories about Radford. So as soon as you said Radford, man, I, I started thinking on some things. But I know it's a great, it's a great school for education. <laughs> but you know, it's got other things too. You know, yes, indeed. Well, well, praise God for for that deliverance. Yes. And so you know, you you um you gave your life to Christ at that time. Was it also a, a time that you know kind of burned in your yep. heart? You know, to to take it further, or how did that progress? Got it. So. Um, I then, this is 2009, I went to seminary school. And, you know, I had even no desire for that. God put in my heart, go to seminary and, like, learn the Bible. Because we know we grow up and people can preach the Bible just to preach the Bible. But I wanted to know what it meant. Who who wrote it? What was the purpose? What was the context? I wanted more. So I went to seminary school and graduated. Then 2011, I began... um, just basically, man, serving at a church in Carolina County. It's called Oxford Mountain Zion yep. Baptist Church, where Pastor Dwayne Fields the pastor. Yep. And um, I just good, started good serving. Yep. Yeah, good guy. That's 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 my home. You, pastor, you know, that's man. right down the that's, so, that's right down the street from where I'm at. I, I live in Carolina County. I live in Ruther Glen. Okay, yep. I didn't know that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I, I went there. I just was serving, and then um, you know. My, the calling for me to, to, to teach and preach became to be evolved. And uh, Pastor Fields kind of approved that mm-hmm. calling and put me to preach. And so I spent my, my next, what, five, six years there just preaching, teaching, leading the men's group. Uh, I did whatever it needed to be done to make that church move forward, right? I was a servant at heart. And so I, I did that for five, six years. And then when I had this another tugging from God to say, I always had like a, an aching in my heart for lost people, right? People who don't know God, people who are far right. from him. And um, I, I had that desire and long story short, it looked like uh, it was going to plant a church. By the way, ch- a church, the local church is the, the best outreach tool that there is, right? In planting a new church. And so that's what we did, you know, with hesitation, with fear, with doubt, with trembling and anything you can think about. I was just committed to God calling me to go plant that church. And here's the, the, the punch is this. The only reason I told God yes to plant that church, because I was like, I'm cool, man. I am in real estate. Uh, you know, I can evangelize, mm-hmm. meet people. I can right, be a marketplace right. minister. Yeah. I'm cool. The only reason I said yes was because I would have like daydreams and night dreams where, you know, Matthew 25, where it says we must all meet God face to face and give an account yes. of what we've done. Um, I was afraid that I would meet him face to face one day and he would tell me, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I told you to go and wow. plant that growth church and you did not do it. Therefore, depart from me. And it was that fear that I was like, I know he told me to do it. I don't live my whole life on this earth and I meet him face to face and that and that one thing disqualifies me. So long story short, here wow. we are. So it, it was a, a conviction from our, our father himself, man. Uh, I can definitely appreciate that. And so here we are, we're, yeah. we're kind of chronicling this journey. How did, how did Grove Church come about? So um, 
when I went to go plant the church, man, we, um, the name Growth Church, it came, I was on a, on a prayer call with one of my mentors in the um, in church pastor mentor of mine. And he was talking and praying and he said, um, there is, and I quote, there is no neutrality in Christianity. Either you are growing or Ooh. you are dying. Ooh. And I was like, whoa, whoa, yeah. that's yeah. cold, right? That's cold. And so that, man, that thing never let me go. And I said, man, let's just let's just name it wow. Growth Church because I don't care if you've been saying for 60 years mm -hmm. or six minutes, right? You always have a propensity in room to grow in Jesus. And so we, we call it that, man. We help people grow in Christ. And uh, yeah, so that's how it came about. And when we first began meeting, we would meet in my living room, my wife and I. My wife was kind enough to, to follow this radical call from God on my life. And uh, we open up our house and we would have on Sundays what's called Growth Group Sunday. And we would invite people out to come for coffee and donuts. Mm -hmm. That's all we had, coffee and donuts. And the first Sunday, it was just me, my wife, and my, and my son. No one came. And um, we just kept inviting, kept inviting. And within a few short months, man, we had, I think I found one at our house, we had like 47 people in our living room that was there wow. for Growth Group Sunday. And we went from the living room to the band room to the auditorium at Walker That's Grant awesome, brother. You know, um, I, I think that, you know, it, it just hit me personally when, uh, you know, your, your, your pastor, advisor, you know, mentioned that, you know, there's no neutrality in your, your Christian walk. Either you're growing or you're dying. You know, some people might hear, you know, Grove Church and... You know, just because they don't know any better, they may think, oh, you know, this is a church that's, that's all about growing. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. But, you know, I, I think that just gives me so much more insight and, you know, for our listeners as well to know that, you know, it's really a, a call to discipleship and, you know, growing in your faith. That's what the, the, the growth that you're speaking on. And, you know, I, there's a lot of people who, you know, um, are, are in our faith and, you know, they're, they're stagnant. And so, like you said, if you're not growing, you're, you're, you're dying, man. You got to keep feeding that faith, man. That's awesome. Uh, so, so tell us a little yeah. bit about this men's ministry, this men's fellowship that you've had going on. Um, I, I know that, you know, Kelvin, he, he loves to talk about, you know, that fellowship and, and uh, <laughs> shout out Kels. to Kelvin. Uh, you know, um, he loves talking about that fellowship that you all have had. And, um, you know, just as a man, it, it is so necessary to to be around, you know, other men, you know, some something about being around other men, you know, really recharges us, you know, for whatever, you know, we've been called to do, you know, and it's it's so necessary. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, man. So when we when we opened the launched the church. You know, there there is no rule book for how to go and plant a church, right? How that looks. And one thing that God put in my heart from the very origin of our church was, man, go get men. Because if you look at the text of the Bible, when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says that he was led to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil 40 days and 40 nights. When he came back from that, the first thing he began doing was he was going to, going to grab men to help men progress and grow in their life. 
And I said, let's just do what Jesus did. <laughs> so long story short, man, I would just uh, start contacting men. Hey, brother, you know, I, I, I want to connect with you. I don't know everything. Matter of fact, I don't know a whole bunch, but I know that God loves you. I love you. And if I can help you grow a little bit in just your, your manhood, spirituality, leadership, fatherhood, husbandship, let's do it together. And man, from that, we formed this thing called Men's Growth Group. And man, that has been, man, a blessing to me, a blessing to brothers that's in that thing. I mean, we've had men come as like had addictions and life be crazy, and they've been healed by God in that. And so, yeah, man, it's a men's growth group. And uh, I love those guys, man. Those guys are like, they are the real deal. No judgment, right? Just uh, fellowship and, you know what I'm saying, loving on each other and building in the word, right? Yeah, we we call it, I joke and say, it's playing and fitness in here. No, no judgment zone. <laughs> okay. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. Yes, indeed, man. I I know at one time it was it was at Wegmans. It's probably been at other places, but you know that's a that's got a nice little chill scenery up upstairs. So, yeah, man. You know, keep doing what you're doing, man. Um, so, a lot of people they think you know that being a pastor is all glitz and glam, and and I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that you know what brought you to ministry wasn't you know some sort of ambition i think a lot of people think that you know preachers and pastors you know want to get in the pulpit and and get into this thing you know for for the the bright lights you know being center stage being you know uh kind of kind of lording over people on sunday mornings and things of that nature but you know you you came to the right spirit i know when i had accepted my call to ministry you know, the Lord had showed me, uh, he, he had shown me like, you know, the, the, the face of demons and, you know, different things he had, he had, you know, revealed to me about, you know, spiritual warfare that was going on. And so mm. he, he yeah. even showed me like the blood I had on my hands because I was still a young man and he showed me how some of, you know, the errors of my ways, how some of the youth, even in that same church, were following in my footsteps and I had led them astray because of my bad example. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that, you know, you have the, the right attitude behind, you know, doing what you're doing. Um, people take it for granted, but what are some of the challenges that you face, you know, pastoring that, you know, the average person may take for granted? I don't think we have enough time to go through all the. I could, we could do like a uh, like a whole season of your podcast. So but but one other thing I'll say, man, is um, I tell you, I, I even when God called me to be a pastor and plant a church, I didn't want to do it still. So I had seen my grandfather and my father pastoring the church, and my daddy been an elder in my grand's church for years, and I knew what that looked like, man. It's just it's not great. And people think because you are you're leading in a church, leading someplace, like it's this glitz and glamour and it's perfect. It's not. By the way, I already had a platform where I was respected. When I when I was in when I went to go plant the church, I was a, a well known, established, respected real estate professional and company owner in our industry, like known across the world for what I was doing. So I wasn't looking for a right. spot to go and get glamour. I was going to say yes, sir, to God, and, and, and that was it. And so, man, it, it's a lot of spiritual warfare. And for those who are not maybe church, it simply means, right, if you're going to do something for the, the opposing team, the, the other enemy is coming to try to That's get right. you out of the game, right? And so that, for us, 
that enemy is Satan, the devil himself. So a lot of warfare there. Um, it's a lot of just uh, a lot of weight on your shoulders. It's days of man crying tears because you feel inadequate. Like the reality, Randy, that I have to get up every Sunday and preach a sermon to God's people talking about a, a perfect savior who never sinned and knowing right knowing the details of who i am or always talk about and preach about there is a public mm -hmm. you and a private you the public me everyone knows yep. for being a good daddy uh you know went to seminary i'm a great business owner i'm a family man i'm all this the issue is not what the public me yeah. the issue is the private me privately i have issues That's man real. the same way anyone else does and so knowing that you got to wake up and go preach a sermon um, and posture yourself to do so, man, that weight gets heavy to this very day. I, when I go to preach, brother, I am uh, mm. nauseous. I am nervous. I am intimidated. I'm trembling a little bit in fear because it's a big deal. Um, and so um, it's, it's a really weighty task that um, it's just heavy. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you mentioned the private, so... Um... We, we can't let this go. I know I know you're not about to preach a sermon, but, you know, if you were about to preach a sermon, you you would give honor to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You would shout out the wife, man. So so go ahead and plug plug the wife, man, the first lady and, and all that real quick, man. Yeah, man, my my wife, my girl is her name is Kiantia uh, Cruz. We've been married now for 12 years we've been together now for 16 years i met her at radford undergrad and um she was there when i was an alcoholic oh she knows all the uh, private and she knows all the private she know the private <laughs> i mean there's one night i can recall very clearly uh where she was calling me after a party one night looking for me all my friends said i don't know where tim went to mm. she comes to my apartment she finds me in the bathtub in my apartment with the water up to my neck, I'm like unconscious, laying in a bathtub. Jesus. She comes and gets me out, get me dressed, and get me together. Jesus. Um, so long story short, she's a rider, man. So she is uh, my my girl, my baby mama, my mistress, all in one, all in one. Yes. All those, man. Yes, I love it, man. And uh, you you got yeah. a you had a lovely family. I know you mentioned when you you first started, uh, you know, having church in the house. You you had the son. Um, but uh, those numbers have grown and are, are continuing to grow, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So we got we got three kids on earth and we got one in the womb. So we have a six-year-old boy, a three-year-old girl, one-year-old girl. We have another baby coming February the 5th. So we're about to be a four, a, a four kiddo, six-pack family. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, I'm praying for, yeah. for much health um, during this, this, this whole birthing process, man. Um, just... You know, when, Thanks, when I see your, your family and, you know, all that you're doing, you know, um, it just it makes me smile, man, because it's, it's a, a representation of, you know, what the family unit looks like. And I think that one of the things that, you know, attracts people to you is that authenticity, you know, who they see, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people can put on a good act. They can put on a good front. But some people can really pick up on it when you know it's, it's just for show man and you know uh people are studying you you know i've been studying you way longer than we we've had a conversation and i'm like man this this dude right here is the real deal and you know grove church uh, it's a church on the move man um 
matter of fact, y'all y'all did something pretty cool at you know Fredericksburg National Stadium uh, this past Easter, right? Yeah, yeah, man. We um, we had the opportunity to host Easter for the entire region at the uh, the Fred Nat Stadium, and so we went there. We had Sunday morning worship. We had over five hundred people come, and the part I'm thankful for is we had fifty nine people give their life to Christ and accept salvation in Christ that Sunday morning in the stadium. Praise God. That's that's awesome, so, man. It, crazy. By the way, on that on that same vein, right, the way that I keep tally is I tally up how many people get saved through what God is doing at our church. So today for this year, there's been 79 people that has received salvation because of what God's doing at our church. And so I think that's that's what matters most, man. It's just salvation. So Whatever we do, it's like all geared towards like getting people who are lost and then helping those people and other people grow. That's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, you know, um, as as the word says, that's part of your fruit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, I appreciate, you know, um, what you have going on and, you know, um, I wish you nothing but the best and success with um, the continued growth of Grove Church. You know, we, we, we've got some of the pleasantries out of the way, Pastor. You know, um, if you can stick around a little bit longer, man, we, we got to get real on some stuff, man. You know, there's there's people, there's some people Let's hurting go. out there and, and they, they want to hear, you know, from a pastor, a pastor's perspective on uh, some real life issues that, that we're dealing with. So do you have time to stick around a little bit longer with us? Let's, let's go, man. I'm here. I'm All here. right. So after break, we're going to return with Pastor Tim Cruz and we're going to we're going to break down some of these these issues that people are dealing with. And you don't want to miss it. So stay tuned. Back to episode 19 of the Think Tank, Think Tank podcast. I am your host, Randy Hayes. Thank you for joining us. We've been joined by pastor of Grove Church, Pastor Tim Cruz and um, you know, I've got some some real life questions for him. You know, I, I thank him for, you know, um, taking some time to, to answer them. So uh, are, are you ready for these, Pastor? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Let's go, man. So a lot of, you know, what you see on the Internet, you know, um, I, I feel like, you know, both of us have platforms and, you know, it's natural for you to kind of get a pulse on, you know, what's going on. There, There's a lot around relationships, mm. you know, that's going on. And um, what advice would you give to uh, singles who are looking for a spouse right now? Oh, I love that question. If you are single and looking for a spouse right now, I would not be looking for your spouse more than you're looking for God. Oh, If, if if you're single and looking for a spouse, I would not be looking for that spouse more than looking for God. How do you look for God? You, uh, Because we all hope, right, that we're going to find Mr. Wonderful or, or Miss Incredible. And you probably can't find them, but it'll be a whole lot more beautiful if you would spend time in your singleness pursuing the presence of God. And that sounds churchy. That doesn't sound hip or none of that. But it's as simple as this, right? If, if you are trying to 
if you're trying to create something, right, or trying to build something, right, mm-hmm. it could be you're building a career for your baby, you're trying to build a, a new a new toy, trying to build something for technology, trying to build a computer. Yeah. You cannot build that computer off just what you think you know how to do. You have to go back to the instruction manual. And when you're trying to go and find the one that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, you got to go back and make sure that you spend enough time with the creator to make sure that when you find this person, that he lets you know if she's the right one or not, if he's the right one or not. It, it would be a tragedy for someone to be looking for a spouse to get married and they're not tight with God in the current moment and they pick the wrong person. Because that that can make your whole life be a different kind of vibe. I have met people who are married and they married maybe the wrong person, but do I believe biblically can they really go and get a divorce? No. Even if you pick wrong, if you marry that person, now you have to, if you can, right? If they can, stay together, stay together. But it'd be a whole lot sweeter, man, if people would go and pursue God first and get close to God and then ask God, where is my spouse? Because by the way, God knows everything. So. Absolutely. I, I really don't know what's worse, man. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, them, you know, picking the wrong spouse. Um, and, you know, likely if they pick the right, the wrong spouse, it's because they they were so anxious on, you know, getting into a relationship. But I think it would be just as bad for them to get into a relationship, even with the right person. But they're not ready or haven't done the preparation themselves. So, so absolutely, yeah. man. I, I feel you on that, brother. Okay, so um, what advice would you give to couples who are struggling in their marriage? Pray together. Pray together. Um, If you're struggling in your marriage, biblically, um, Thessalonians talks about, and and the Apostle Paul talks about, that um, the man is the head of the wife, right? The wife submits to the husband, but we don't have them submit off the cuff. It only works if we're submitted to God and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. And so anytime there is an issue that's popping up, you got to go and grab your spouse and say, hey, listen, we, we're not saying eye to eye. We are tripping. We fussing and fighting for no reason. We need God to help us. And as, and as much as they don't want to do it, a simple holding mm-hmm. the hands and praying together and saying, God, we, we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We are struggling. We, I don't like her sometimes. She don't like me. I can't stand her. This happened, this happened. But God, now we are together. And we're asking you very, very humbly, very kindly, would you help us? And you can't tell me that a, a man and a wife who's married uh, won't hold hands and pray that prayer for 30 days in a row straight. And God won't show up and help mm. them in that marriage. So I, I think if I heard this correct, that uh Pastor Tim just issued a 30-day challenge to to anyone out there who is, um, you know, having some struggles. I think it's uh, 30 days of prayer together. Hold hands. Maybe I'm just going to sprinkle this in. Maybe maybe a a hug and a kiss somewhere along the way. But, you know, holding hands, that's a good start, right? And, um, you know, praying together. Um, You know, when you were were mentioning the prayer, it, it was reminding me. You know that you know scripture also tells us that we we wrestle not against flesh and blood so so yeah. you know uh yeah. it's it's that flesh that that rises up in us that 
you know, makes us get annoyed by people. You know, they're getting on my last nerve. I can't stand them right now. That's, that's the flesh that rises up in us. And, uh, you know, it's really a, a spiritual warfare. Uh, when 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 we're we're talking about the, that that wrestling, is that correct? Yeah, it's a spiritual warfare, man. I think the enemy really wants to take out marriages because let's be real for a second: the, a marriage is a man and a woman, and America has so deemed that they want to redefine what a marriage is, saying man and a man, woman and a woman. By the way, if you are watching or listening. And you, you have a man and a man, woman and a woman. Guess what? God still loves you, by the way. And according to my Bible, that is not what a marriage really is. Um, I don't know how I got cool. on that, on that rabbit cool. trail. But uh, end of the end of the day, uh, that the enemy wants to have um, the, the marriage body be broken up for sure. And so you have to defend against that. And yes, answer your question. I believe it is spiritual warfare. By the way, my, my wife and I, right? We've been we've been married now for, for 12 years, for 16 years. If I were to sit here and tell you that we're all preachers and cream and it's incredible and lovely, every day it's not. But guess what? I'm committed to her. And she's committed to me. And we don't bring up the D word. It's not allowed in our vocabulary. We don't talk about that. And she knows for a fact I'm a trip <laughs> and I know she's a trip. And we know that in order for us to really please God on this earth, some kind of way we have to figure out how to make this thing work out and so it's just man it's a lesson of uh one me uh the husband humbling himself the wife humbling herself and you just kind of you just work through it and sometimes you're going to work through it and guess what it's going to be absolutely miserable and you're going to hate it but if you can get you and your spouse back on the same page life becomes to be beautiful so how would you counsel someone who seems to be uh, stuck in a dark place in their walk? Man, I, I would say, I would counsel them and I'll ask them, how is their current prayer life? Um, and I mean, I know I'm not trying to, to make this into be churchy, but, but better, better I, w- I would say, how is the relationship of you talking to God on a daily basis? Let's, go, let's make it that simple, Absolutely. right? Simplify that. Uh, do you talk to him often? Um, are you taking your dark issues to him and asking him for help? Um, are you positioning yourself in such a way that he will come and, and help you? Uh, because myself, man, and you mentioned before, like, is pastoring heavy? It is heavy. And I have found myself in some very dark places. And if it was not for me increasing the amount of conversation that I have with God, I would not have made it through those dark holes. And so I would tell them, how is your current relationship and you talking to God? And I'll just say, hey, if, if you're not talking at all, could you carve out five minutes a day to start talking to us? Let's, let's go small chunks. Can you, can you get your iPhone out and put a timer on for five minutes? And for five minutes, I want you to simply sit on the floor. Don't be super deep. Don't you need to sit on the floor and just say, mm. just talk to him. God, I, I'm a trip. I, I'm feeling sad. I don't know what to do. And I, I think you're listening to me. I'm not sure, but um, I, I heard that you can help me. And if you please help me, I'll be so grateful. And if, if, I've, if I've offended you by sinning or something like that, would you please forgive me for that? And um, I'm just really begging for your help. And I'm on earth. I'm down here and I'm desperate. I'm in, a, I'm in a bad spot and a tough spot, 
but would you please help me? And and begin that dialogue, right? It can be five minutes, three minutes a day, and get that thing going. And if someone will begin to pursue God, he will begin to pursue them back. Did you get that? If we'll begin to pursue God, God will pursue us back. And before you know it, that person's in a dark hole is talking to God. God's talking to them. Now they're conversating back and forth. Before you know it, God has a way of pulling people up out of their darkness and making them like me brand new. And that's the reason, that's the reason why I follow him. Jesus is the only documented man in human history. Buddha, Muhammad, John Smith, Scientology, um, Allah, all these men that people so far praise and worship, tell me where it's been documented and seen by men and women on the earth that this person rose from the dead, rose from the grave, and is still alive. The only one is Christ. And that's what makes him so <laughs> yeah. cold. He's cold. Okay. He's cold. He will come, and he will help anybody. So that's why I love so small chunks. Get your phone out and wow. put a five-minute timer on and just talk to God over time. Man, you know, I, I see why, why Kelvin loves you so much, man. I mean, you, you coming with that heat. Here you, you, you just threw another challenge out there. I mean, you know, you, this is a five-minute challenge. Just get your get your phone out, mm. put a five-minute timer on it. And what I love about that challenge is we can get so caught up in this rat race that sometimes we lose center, we lose focus on on the the bigger picture. That we we you know, and I, when I say we, I'm speaking on you and I and and other believers for that matter. That we, you know we. We serve a true and living God. And, and you know, yeah. when you can be reminded that there is a true and living God that loves you, a true and living God that would do literally anything for you, his His love is unconditional. You know, um, I believe it's in Romans 8 that it tells us, you know, who can pluck, who can pluck him out of our hands? I mean, who can pluck... Us, us out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's an awesome God that we serve. So to have that yeah. opportunity to just be reminded. So what you're going to need to do along with that five-minute challenge, you're going to need to set a reminder to do that five-minute challenge every day. On the and, iPhone, on your, on your droid. Set and that if, reminder. And if you could just have five minutes of discipline, you know, don't look. Don't be all over IG and Facebook during that five minute challenge. That's not that's that's not that's not it, right, Pastor? That's not it. No, that's not it. Let let me let me share a little bit a little bit deeper on that. So um, I come from the business sector world, right? Mm -hmm. And so I read someplace, or I heard maybe say it that Anthony Robbins, Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. the guru, yep. um, he charges, I think, to to be with to like get counsel from him oh gosh it's like i think a million dollars for like it's a crazy right. I mean, it's 400 it, grand for hours it's something astronomical i believe it something weird yeah. like that and so we think about you know self-help gurus mm -hmm. who can coach us right life coaches oh i think these i know where you go go for it we, we, these guys cost all this money on the earth and, you know, we, we sometimes come up like, if I only had a mentor, if I only had a daddy, if I only had a mama or a friend, we're talking about the savior and the creator of the earth that's not going to cost you a penny to come talk to him. Mm. And he has made himself available to you. 
it's as if you work at Amazon and you have an office right next door to Jeff Bezos. Would you say that if you had a money issue, that if you can meet with Jeff Bezos once a day for five minutes, he could change your financial future? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Does, how, then how much more? If we can talk to the king of the king of kings mm. for five minutes a day, he can change everything. And he doesn't cost you money for it. It's no appointment for it. Bible says in Hebrews 4, 14, that we can come boldly before the throne room of grace to get help in the time of need. So if you need help right now, you better go and put that timer on and go hang with God for five minutes a day and begin that habit. And I guarantee he'll help. Mm. I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to get that that challenge going. Uh, hey, Siri. Set a reminder on, on. OK, I'm sorry. I messed it up. Let me try that one more time. Hey, Siri, set a reminder for me to have a five minute challenge every day at noon. There it is. There it is. It's right there. Boom. Boom. It's on there. It's Boom. on there. Yes, indeed. So, um, and, and I got to go back to something that you mentioned when we were talking about marriage is struggling. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, men and men and women and women. So I, I've got a plug in an earlier episode that I did with a young lady named Jessica Newsom, who was uh, an ex-lesbian. She has an ex-lesbian podcast and she's on fire for the Lord. She's down in uh, I believe the, the Charlotte, North Carolina, right there on the South Carolina line. Um, she's doing awesome things, but, you know, she, she talks about how the Lord loved her through, you know, the process where she mm -hmm. was. So I can definitely echo that because, um, you know, Jessica and I, we, we, we go back the UMES days when, you know, when we, we, we had the all, all the the substances available to us right then and there kind of kind of like you know like you were mentioning with radford so with the church there's this huge stigma with the church um and i believe it makes a lot of people shy away from it you know what message would you give to people who are skeptical on you know coming to church because of those stigmas um, you know, I would, I would say first that, um, the, the church is a group of imperfect That's people, real. right? The, the only reason that people need God is because they're mm. sick. And Jesus said that a healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And sometimes we make the assumption that because someone is a professing Christian, that they are perfect. And that's far from the truth. People look at me and think, oh, you're a pastor of a church. You must be perfect. No, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you no lies. I'm not. I have issues, man. But I know for a fact that as, as long, I think it's this, as long as someone is aware of their, mm -hmm. of their issues and they're trying to grow in Jesus, you, at least you're trying to make it better. So if you have a stigma to a church, I'll say, you know, church is not perfect. People are tripped. But you have to look beyond that and just say for a fact, uh, as we're all trying to grow back to the, our mission again, we exist so that people will grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And the, the, the tragedy is what people have that stigma about is this. They see someone and they assume that they are like a 30, 40, 50 year old Christian. In reality, they're like a two year old Christian. Say that again. And say what that again. When you can be a babe. 
You can be a baby Christian because you have never studied the scriptures. You have never prayed or read the Bible or tried to pursue God. And so you can be saved for 30 years and be a one-year-old Christian. And that's what makes my heart hurt the most is people see a baby in Christ thinking they're grown, not knowing they, they may be old in their age or saved for a long time, but they're a baby. And if you if you get that one one principle, you'll then approach the whole thing of the church stigma a whole lot differently. Wow, I mean, that's that's a word right there. You know, um, that that that's a whole word right there. Yeah, I, I appreciate that for sure, Pastor. You know, it's it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. I, I want people to have an opportunity to to link up to you, and and you know what I. I've got to take a moment and shout out my pastor, Pastor Larry L. Swanson, Shiloh New Site Baptist Church, Stafford, Virginia. That's that's yes, my sir. man for sure. And he actually called me out in service yesterday saying he's ready to get on the podcast. So I'm like, <laughs> we're definitely going to make that happen. Love you, Pastor. Um, but the, the charge is for you to, if you are a believer, you know, get in a church home, get plugged in. Um, I could think of, you know, Pastor Tim is a, a great opportunity. You know, um, one of the things that I appreciate is it's a little bit more progressive, right? And what y'all do, um, you know, in the ministry. I, I go to a little bit more traditional church. And, you know, I was I was uh, very candid to my pastor when he was, you know, you know, encouraging me to spread my wings. I was like, Pastor, if, if I do pastor a church, man, uh, uh, it'll, it'll probably be me um, starting from scratch, man, because, you know, sometimes religion can get in the way and whatnot. So I, 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 I appreciate the freedom that you have to, you know, be obedient to the Lord. And um, I love what you're doing, you know, with with IG and things of that nature, because, you know, this is, you know, a great opportunity for people to 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 meet you and, and get a word. Sometimes that that one little clip can be all you need to you know get recharged a little bit for making it through the day and you know by his grace so if you could man just um take a moment uh shout out you know how people can get in contact with you yeah um on sundays at 10 o'clock we are still a virtual church which means uh we don't gather yet because of COVID 19 mm -hmm. and That'll be changing soon. We we have our first permanent space that we'll be moving into January, February, top of the year. Okay. And uh, we can see you in person then. But for now, connect with us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, put in Growth Church. We'll pop right up. Every Sunday at 10 o'clock, we drop a fresh new worship experience. I drop a fresh new sermon straight from the Holy Spirit. So on YouTube for sure, on social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, just Tim Cruz, C-R-E-W-S underscore, and uh, we can connect there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Pastor, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, I'm going to try to find a way to get you back on here, man, because we, we got so much more that we could chop it up with, man. We just just top the touch the, the tip of the iceberg man you know i i love yeah. i love this this fellowship and you know just hearing you you just speak on the word and you know speak on that fellowship that communion with the lord it, it's just it's contagious it's contagious man i i'm already gonna be taking part in 
you know, one or two challenges that you issue today, man. So he's he's definitely biblically based. And brother, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Man, honored to be here. Thank you again. God bless you. And keep killing the game, man. Well, that is a wrap for episode 19 of the Think Tank podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hey, and if you like what we're doing with this podcast, show me some love, man. I'm over here. I got a lamp right here. I don't have one of those those lights, man. You, you see the background. I'm I'm working with what I got. If you wanna you wanna contribute in some shape or form, man, you can cash at me at dollar sign Rebrand. I'm trying to keep this thing going. But until then, everyone, we love you. God bless. Peace. We out.